0: So good morning, and uh, and welcome aboard. We are obviously not in the shop today. We're in the uh, we're in the office, uh, and we came up here to get more computer power and uh, and failed for reasons which we'll talk about another day. <laughs> so today we're gonna uh, we're gonna be talking to uh, a good friend of mine. Uh, Aaron Walla, who is uh, shopping for a New Grinder, and I thought that his uh, experience is going to be very helpful for everybody. Art that makes art can hear me in Idaho. Excellent. So uh, I don't think there's much old business. Uh, Everything is uh, going great in the shop. We're actually in 6-inch PFG stone production today, should be finished, and shipping for Monday. And That is all good. Uh, we got the whole family at home, which is which is awesome And we're having a good time there some folks asked about mom and uh, The good news is is that mom is having a great time in her new apartment and everything's going great 90 Plus percent of the boxes are unpacked and, and gotten rid of so uh, that is continuing to approach a hundred percent so um, Without further delay, uh, let's get right into it. I'm going to bring in Aaron, uh, and we're going to uh, talk a little bit with him about his his new grinder requirements. There he is, and we've got to get your audio on. And there you are. Say hello, Aaron.
1: How's it going today, everybody?
0: So Aaron, is, uh,
1: tell everybody where you're located because I don't think everybody knows. I'm located in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And right now I'm standing in my old shop, which is a basement shop. Um, it's, it's kind of like a dual hobby shop. I've got a, a small mill, lathe, and surface grinder. But I recently just moved and bought a place and now have a 650-square-foot shop that i'm starting to finish so we just finished spray foam insulation yesterday and i'm just going to keep making progress until i can move all this stuff over
0: uh that's awesome uh now you are a tool maker
1: uh by trade is that right correct i but specifically i'm an injection mold maker so i make plastic injection molds um, for mass production of plastic parts and I, I love
0: the trade. Awesome. So uh, Aaron and I met on Instagram uh, <clears throat> years back when I was making PFG stones. And Aaron said, you know, you really ought to make a set that's that are smaller, that could uh, fit in a small toolbox. And that was the Origins. There they are. <laughs> that was the first ever set of uh, the, the four-inch minis that we sell uh, over at pfgstones.com, and Aaron was the inspiration for that. So uh, talk a little bit about the... I guess we're going to limit our discussion to grinding today, and talk a little bit about your grinding capability
1: as it stands right now. Okay. Um, Right now, I have a Herrig 612. Um, It came out of a, a technical school, which might make you think it's all... Beat up because they usually are, but this one has barely been used. Um, it's from the late '90s, and it's a very good machine. Uh, I put a, a VFD on it, and um, it has variable speed control with the turn of a knob now. Um, but it doesn't have a DRO, and it doesn't have um, wet grinding capability. I mean, I guess I could I could run coolants on it, but it would make a huge mess so what I'm looking to change is um, I'm looking for a machine that's got a very accurate DRO and has the ability to grind wet but primarily a tool room grinder uh, I can show you guys my grinder if you like but the laggy video might be a problem
0: uh, go ahead and, and give us a quick shot and then come back to where you are and at least this way everybody will get a picture of it Stay horizontal, though, because that's how we're set up.
1: Oh, yeah. All right. I'm trying to figure out how to flip hey, the if
0: camera. Hey, if this was easy, everybody would be doing it.
1: Nope, that's not right. <laughs> I'm sure it looks funny right now. Well, I don't know how to flip the camera, so we're just going to do it like this. That works. There we go. So I've got permanent magnetic chuck. You know, I would hardly call this, you know, good dust collection setup, but it, it works for now. And then this is the variable speed control. Yep. So when I turn it on, I can, I can set the speed. And that's, that's really nice for when you're using super abrasives or certain ceramic wheels. Um, it gives you another variable that you can control.
0: Yeah, we, we've talked a lot about using diamond wheels and how when you go to dress a diamond wheel, typically you're going to be running uh, slower. So that uh, you know that's a really good application for a VFD to get the wheel slow. Um, and what what type of metals are you grinding typically?
1: I'm primarily grinding hardened tool steels, so uh, A2. Uh, H13, 420 stainless, S7, P20, and a lot of other fancier versions of those metals like Stavax, which is um, a 420 stainless that has less impurities so it can be shined to a higher finish. Yep. Um, but those are
0: I'll... those are th- this is all mold applications, right? <laughs> Correct, yeah. Mold and tooling, really. Okay. Um, so uh, tell us about how you uh, how you plan to bring in another grinder.
1: Okay. So I use, at work, a Mitsui surface grinder. We have a 612s and 8x18s, and we have Sony DROs on them and electromagnetic chucks. And I find that I just really enjoy uh, running those machines. The the Mitsui 612 is uh, very light and fast and it's uh, it's a pleasure to use. Um, what I'm looking for is something where I can get a good balance of kind of tool room grinding capabilities. So, you know, I want something that can raise the spindle up pretty high, as high as possible. I'm looking for, um, something that I can do, uh, rotary grinding on, like working with a spin indexer, um, or a flat spin. But I also want to just balance, uh, being able to just grind up, grind up a bunch of stuff fast. And so because of that, I've also considered, um, a grinder made by Jones and Shipman which is called the 540 um, and that has uh, auto traverse on it so that could be really handy um, when you're just having to grind up a bunch of blocks uh, otherwise I think just a manual grinder works best for for my purposes now ultimately I would like to get the the kind of unicorn of the tool room grinding world which is the parker majestic cnc machine that that adam the machinist has that thing is a beauty um but it's somewhere around one hundred thirty thousand dollars, and it's going to take me a while to get there
0: i i think it's really uh it's really smart to approach it the way you're approaching it which is get get what you need right now to make money um, and then let it make the money that for the next machine. Uh, so that's, that's a goal. Cool. Yeah. That's a really, it's a sensible way to do it. Uh, pretty cool. Uh, I'll remind everybody, by the way, if you have questions, pop them into the chat and I will, uh, I will relay them to Aaron. So, uh, feel free to, uh, to put questions in asynchronously. You don't have to wait for a break. Um, so were you looking you looking for a used machine or a new machine at this
1: point? I've gotten some quotes for new machines. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to go that route. Part of me um, part of me thinks it would be a good idea to get a new one and knowing that I'm going to need a tool room grinder for potentially the rest of my life, I like the idea of having something that's brand new. Um but the base price for a Mitsui grinder is about 30, 31 grand, and it's about the same whether it's a 612, 618, or 818. I think the 818 is only about $1,000 $1, more. Mm-hmm. Um, now, once you option that out with just some basic stuff like a DRO, that's adding about four grand, and coolant, and chuck, that's a couple grand. I... The way I see it it's probably gonna end up being around you know thirty-eight or forty grand. So when I look at that I think, okay this is this is money that could be spent, you know, on on other machines probably and um, I think that I can find something that's really good in the ten to maybe even twenty thousand range in a used machine. Now You can find surface grinders all day long for a couple thousand bucks, and maybe I'll stumble into a deal and find one like that. But what I'm looking at primarily in use grinders is um, either buying a very nice, more recent model like within the last 20 years or something that's been freshly rebuilt. And... uh, so I found a lot of a lot of interesting stuff in my search. Um for a Mitsui grinder. It looks like I can get one that's been rebuilt, new turkite, scraped in, um, basically replace everything except for the spindle bearings for around thirteen grand. Which is That's not bad. Is not, this is not too bad. Um, now, um, I'm also looking at Parker Majestic. I haven't used them before. I've really only um, read read about them and seen them online. There don't seem to be many here. But... You know, the
0: only time... I think the first time I heard of Parker Majestic was uh, from Adam Demuth. Uh, yeah. I think that's what raised, raised them in my consciousness that they're, you know, even a thing. I, I, have they been... Have they been just sort of sticking to the automotive industry, or is it that we're just living under a table, <laughs> which is
1: possible? <laughs> I honestly, I think it's probably a probably a cost thing. All of the used Parkers that I see seem to come from the East Coast, um, you know, Ohio and Pennsylvania, New Jersey, East Coast, but everywhere else seems like it's Matsui's, Brown Sharps, just other stuff so i the only thing i can think of is cost parker majestics are made in the united states and that always costs extra so a new parker manual grinder is about 65 grand compared to the mitsui at 30 grand uh but they do have other other options where they can either rebuild machines or just kind of touch up a machine for you so in the 15 to 20 grand range i can get something from them that's been gone through and um you know, brought up to, to factory specs, as long as it's a good candidate to start with. Um, for a true rebuild from them, it costs about $35,000, 40000
0: You want me to flip through the, uh, you sent me the Mitsui, I guess it's their general catalog.
1: Should yep. Take, take a look at that. Sure. Or you, yeah. Or you can pop up the pictures that I sent and I can kind of talk about some of the features that appeal to me.
0: Okay, um, well let's do that. I'll I'll bring the pictures up. Some of the pictures came in a little uh, low res, but that's uh, that's all right. So we're looking at a Mitsui, uh, the gray machine. Oops,
1: didn't want to do that. Uh. So uh, the Mitsui's, um, they're they're a great running machine. They uh, have. Um, a vertical column that's, that's, you know, perpendicular to the ground. So I think it would make it a lot easier for mounting a DRO versus my, uh, which has a tapered column. Yep. If you're buying a new from the factory, it doesn't matter. But, uh, if I'm having to install it myself, which is likely that'll be, that'll be advantageous. Um, there They're very familiar for me. And what, so what what I, motor what
0: motor is in the is in the Mitsui? Is that a one horse?
1: They have a, they have a horse and a half motor, but you can also option a two or three horsepower spindle, which I would probably consider if if cost wasn't a factor at least, um, especially for um, you know doing some heavy cuts. It could be nice for roughing out material. But, really, the horse and a half, uh, I, I use that every day at work, and, you know, I'm peel grinding and pulling lots of stock off, and it, it works great. So, another advantage with the Matsuis is cost. Uh, it might be a little more than, you know, the Harrigs and the Chevaliers, but it's really, uh, it, it, it's on the lower end of the machines that I'm looking at. Yep. Uh
0: Let's see the uh, next picture you show You sent along appears to be the uh, actually appears to be too small. Hang on. There we go. So this looks like the Parker
1: Majestic. So uh, you want to describe that? So the the Parker Majestic has a lot of things that appeal to me. One is that it's made in the United States, and you can call them and somebody will pick up the phone. It's it's very easy, uh, easy to talk to them to get parts. Also, it has a very it has a taller spindle by about uh, three or four inches than the Mitsui. It's got about twenty inches of vertical travel. One of the really neat features about it is that it has power elevation. Hmm. So, um, you know, I often have to switch from you know, grinding at the chuck level to grinding 10, 15 inches off the chuck, whether it's because I'm doing long pins or maybe I have um, a sign plate or a uh, compound sign chuck, something. That all eats up the vertical height very quickly. And so to be able to move all the way, you know, move through the travels instead of having to crank the hand wheel 50,000s yep. per revolution, moving that thing 15 inches is great. <laughs> Quite the extra. It's a little more exercise than I want to get at work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so another difference between that and the um, the Mitsui is the Mitsui's a ballway machine, and the Parker is a flat navy. So, um, so uh, talk a
0: little bit about that from a from a getting getting the job done point of view, which which is preferable.
1: You know, I think that there's probably uh, things to be said for both of them. Uh, I think when you have a flat nav, uh, you can just stop the table wherever you want and it'll stay there. <laughs> so yeah. if you're if you're dressing the wheel or something, it's, it's not going to move on you. Whereas on a on a machine with roller balls, uh, you have to lock the table, which is which is fine. Um, in my experience which is which is limited because I've primarily used uh, machines with rollerways. I find that they just move a little bit easier and faster, uh, like a little bit less friction. but the the flat and V um, machines that I have used in the past were were not in the best shape. So I haven't used anything that was in perfect condition that way. The ones that I, I used were, not quite sticky but it just wasn't as smooth and when you're yeah. sitting in front of a grinder for eight hours a day these little <laughs> these little things can be nice
0: uh, the third one you sent me here appears to be a, the jones and
1: shipman so that is kind of a curveball because that's not something that i had previously considered um i don't know much about them I've never used one, but it has a lot of incredible features and I've talked to um uh, metrological apparatus about it and he uses similar models at work and he, he is a big fan of them. So it has um, it has you know all of the features that you would want in a tool room grinder. It's got very nice guarding as well. Um, I think the guarding on it is superior to what I've seen on either of the two previous machines. Um, the front piece can be removed if you want to put a spinner with a chuck where you're going to be coming past the, the shielding. So that's good. It's nice to be able to remove that. Um, but the, the real neat thing about it is that it's got auto, auto traverses and they're electronic. Um. From what I understand, they're electronic, not hydraulic, and um, it's very easy to set up. So, I use automatic grinders at work a lot, but they're primarily the big Okamoto 12 by 24s. And setting the the dogs on those machines can be kind of a pain <laughs> because, mm. at least, um, at least the way I do it, I want I want it to be to stop just past the part. So. I have to travel to that spot and look under the machine for this blinking light that comes on as soon as I move the dog to the current wheel Really, position. really, yeah. And that's like looking down the V way the cross, the cross slide. So, on this machine, they just slide. Um, it's it's pretty neat. You just you slide them to wherever you want them, and they stay there by friction so you can just basically set it so it's coming across the part this way and as soon as it comes off the part just slide that that dog forward until the the, the table direction changes and now you're now you're in a perfect spot mm-hmm. um that machine uh that machine's actually for sale on ebay right now for fourteen thousand. Mm-hmm. it was made in 1997 looks like it's in pretty good shape and it comes with coolant and a Uh, DRL. So, so where is Jones and Shipman? Where is the company? They're they're in England. Yeah, they're a British company, but there are a fair number of their grinders over here. But I think mostly cylindrical grinders have come over.
0: Is is it true that the English machines use tea as a coolant?
1: That is true. Yes,
0: that's what that's what I heard. Um, Which which is attractive to me because I go through so much of it. Yeah, you
1: just just (laughs) pop off your cup.
0: So uh, it does look like a pretty cool machine. Uh... It does.
1: I worry I'm like getting caught up in the in the whole gadget appeal, you know. I haven't used one, and it's it's tough to buy something sight unseen that you plan to be at for hours out of the day, you know, over the internet. So I'm actually thinking about traveling to wherever. The grinder I'm gonna buy is and check it out first because I'd rather spend you know 500 to a thousand bucks on airfare in a hotel and then I know for sure the grinder I'm buying is what I want
0: yeah I know when I bought the um, <clears throat> when I bought the Micromaster, it came from Ohio and my friend uh, Eddie Reese actually went and looked at it for me and and, oh, brought, and brought his iPhone we did a we did a FaceTime and, uh, of course it turned out, it turned out great. Um, but I couldn't, you know, I, I had to go on somebody else's eyeballs, which was totally cool cause I knew who it was and that was, that worked out fantastic. Yeah. So, um, it sounds like you're looking at rebuilt like factory rebuilt, uh, in, in both cases in, in the, uh, both the, uh, Mitsui and the, Um, Parker and then in the other one it's a it's an eBay deal I guess my knee-jerk reaction is is use caution on the eBay deal of course because you're not gonna no matter how you you slice it you're not gonna have as much uh, faith in uh, in that
1: (laughs) yeah it's and I think even more than that there. There are risks involved with all of these options because, you know, if you get a rebuilt grinder, unless it's factory rebuilt, (laughs) you know, you're kind of going on faith a little bit. Now, um, one of the places that I talked to about rebuilt Parker's is a Seminole machine, and Parker Majestic actually told me about them. So I feel a little bit bit more confident about them, but uh, I've seen... I've seen some rebuilt machines that were just junk, and so, you know, if if I had to choose between, you know, a machine that's in great shape and hasn't been touched, and it's, you know, new-ish, last 20 years, you know, I, I might rather have that than a place that's rebuilt by a place that I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: yep. Yeah, I think I think my first uh, Harrig was, you know, a a rebuilt machine, but I think it was a Cherry machine to start with. So it, yeah. it was sort of uh, spray paint and uh, and uh, that sort of thing. And so I, I kind of yeah. lucked out on that, and it was a reputable dealer. Um, but uh, the other thing that I, based on your, you know, possibilities here. I kind of like the idea of the, of the Parker in that it's a rebuilt machine, but you also can go knock on their door, you know. Uh, exactly. And that that's a pretty nice, you know, way to go. Have you talked to Have you talked to Aaron Demuth at all um, on his experience? I'm sorry. Yeah, Adam. I, I, Adam.
1: <laughs> yeah, Adam. He uh, he really seems to swear by Parker. I I did ask him if. Yeah. You know, about a comparison. But he hasn't ever run a Mitsui, which is mm. um, which is kind of a surprise to me because almost every shop around here runs Mitsui grinders. But I think in his area, he's closer to Parker. And I think it's all Parkers out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mitsuis just don't seem to be as, uh, as common. Um, so I haven't found anybody that's operated both of those machines that I could that I could talk to about it.
0: Hmm. Well, maybe but somebody fact, will pop up uh, in the chat with some some experience here. We'll see. That'd be
1: great. Or they can contact me uh, through my page.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, we have your information up on the screen. Uh, Aaron's Instagram is uh, tool. And uh, is there any other social media information that you have, or is it just Instagram?
1: Just Instagram.
0: That's cool. Uh, K-Bonk says, hope they don't use Lucas electronic components. Is that the – I think that was a, a dig on the Jones and Shipman.
1: <laughs> oh, is it?
0: I think. I'm not, I'm familiar, not familiar with Lucas, K-Bonk. Uh, let's see. Elmo says, uh, have them pull the table to look at the slideway condition.
1: Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. It'll also be traveling traveling with the table off you know so at least if it's a ballway machine you can't really uh ship those with the table on without ruining them
0: and and kbonk also says what uh is there a standard testing procedure for testing a grinder's accuracy as a as a means for inspecting before purchase um that's an interesting question
1: yeah, there's some there are some basic checks um, luckily grinders are really simple machines so it's it's not a ton um, you want to check for uh, run out in the spindle and you want to look at look at the backlash now the backlash is adjustable so if there's a bunch of backlash it's not necessarily an issue but it kind of tells you if people have been maintaining the machine and you know how fresh it is otherwise um, You can run an indicator on the travels, but the best way to really test it is to use it. And that's kind of tricky because, you know, these machines are, you know, on dealer floors and they get moved around on forklifts. And every time you you use a grinder, you have to set it up, you have to level it, you have to grind the chuck. And then once you got to that point, then you could grind stuff on it and see how it comes out. And that will really be the true test.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a good point. That if the if the chuck isn't isn't if, if put it a different way, if the chuck is worn, then it's hard to run a test on it. Yes. Uh, so that's a that's an excellent point.
1: I know. And even I, if the machine's not level, that will interfere with being able to you know indicate the travels. Right.
0: Yeah, I, I know. When I bought the Micromaster. Um, The thing that Eddie said, you know, was that he, the the spindle, the spindle sounded really quiet and, and that was a very important thing to hear from him. Uh, And, and, and later when we had a real inspection by uh, the guy that does spindle rebuilding in my area, he said, uh, in his expert opinion, it was at about half life. You know it's like you Not probably fun. yeah he said you gotta you got another uh five years on the spindle easy and that was that was also good to know
1: yeah uh, I, and i overlooked a few things i mean there are a lot of tests you can do like uh the gentleman mentioned point off the table that's important you can also look at the ways that's an important thing you see if the machine's vibrating um so Keep the tapers worn and damaged your
0: uh, your potential choice of a Jones and Shipman is being attacked uh, relentlessly in chat uh, K Bonk says uh, why Brits drink warm beer <laughs> uh, K Bonk says I'm sorry Robert Robert Isaac says it's it still amazes me that the Spitfires flew during World War II <laughs> uh, was a lot of a lot of stuff flying in there guys
1: yeah, um, yeah. I think I think in reality it's probably the least likely machine that I'll end up with, namely because, you know, I don't think there's as much... Well, I, I take that back. I don't know what level of support they have, but, you know, it's it's a very unfamiliar machine. What makes it appealing is all those features because it gives me a chance to get an automatic capable grinder and a tool room grinder, which you know is not not very common otherwise
0: yeah that that also is where i was heading with the uh, with the micromaster it was the first machine i had with uh, auto traverses all hydraulic but um, Mm -hmm. and that was a that was a labor saver for sure so just showing everybody going back that was the jones and shipman this is the um parker uh parker majestic and and the Matsui, uh, cool. So uh, let's see if we have any any other questions in the chat here. <laughs> Henry says there is a German in the chat. Yes. Uh, we're not dwelling on World War Two, mind you, but you know.
1: <laughs> I don't
0: know. Uh, it was a point. So. Uh, you know, there's a lot to be said for uh, local availability and local availability of service and parts and stuff like that. So I, I, totally, uh, I totally get it. I, you know, when, uh, uh, when uh, Adam started dealing with Parker and I was de- that was about the same time I started dealing with uh, Okamoto, that difference was very evident uh he ordered he ordered his grinder after i ordered mine um and he got his well before i got mine and that was really because of import issues and you know just process issues so there was something to be said for that although it was a more expensive grinder the parker as you figured out was was way more expensive um You sent me some. uh, Do you want to? You want to talk a little bit about the uh, Matsui paperwork you sent? Uh, Sure, we can. We just zip through that. Um, Let me. me The only thing I'd
1: say is that if you're kind of glitching on my screen, so if it's kind of glitchy, I don't know if people are going to be able to see it.
0: Are you Are you watching the uh, feed?
1: All I can see is you. I, I don't see any of those. Oh,
0: okay. Uh, well, I'll just flip through the uh, the the Mitsui. You'll you'll know where what page I'm on. This is just their uh, their general catalog. Uh, their their first picture is the hand feed model, right? The two hundred mm-hmm. MH, um, and these are brand new. This is their brand new product line.
1: Yep. And they told me that it's about. Um, four to five weeks for delivery that's not bad no it's not bad where are they manufacturing they're they're making them in japan okay um so it's crazy because you'd think that the transportation alone would take that long
0: right well they probably have some do they well I'll, i'll pose it as a question do they have warehousing in the u.s
1: um, I know that the there's a local dealer that's only a couple miles down the road. Uh, they try to keep keep one in stock. Yeah,
0: that's what I went through with the Okamoto. Uh, they're they're built in Thailand, and uh, they offered me one that was in Kentucky, but it was a, a demo a demo unit, and okay. I el- I elected uh not to go that way because I wanted to be the guy taking the cosmoline off the off the machine because yep. it was my first can... first ever chance to do that
1: <laughs> I can appreciate that
0: um K bonk says yeah. oh uh uh almost machining says I had uh, the the jo- the last Jones one is standing out to me. The massive coolant tank and the incremental downfeed are are massive pluses on the Jones and Shipman.
1: And it's got built-in dust collection.
0: Yep. K-Bonk says, other than the Parker, what are the USA-made machines? Hardinge, maybe? That's a really good question.
1: Um, I think Chevalier is the only one that I know about. But I'm not sure if they're still making them here. I know it's an American company, but... I've not even looked into shovel ears. The ones that I've run, I've not liked. And... I always thought those were
0: imports. Am I am I missing something? They are they not imp- imports?
1: I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it's an American company.
0: And then uh, Henry says Brown and Sharp? Question mark. So Brown, I could speak to Brown and Sharp. Uh, Brown and Sharp's grinder business got purchased by Born and Coke or born in Koch, uh, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Um, and they are supporting the uh, the grinder business that is labeled brown and sharp, but I don't believe there's any new production of, of grinders that are, that are brown and sharps.
1: Yeah, although Adam was telling me yesterday, we were chatting, um, and he's he sent me a link to a company that's rebuilding MicroMasters
0: Yep. Yeah, I'll tell you they're very rebuildable. Uh, I I gave some serious thought to uh, taking my machine and having it rebuilt, but I I wanted to go the CNC route.
1: Yeah. Um, and that's another thing. When I look at the cost of what a brand new optioned Mitsui manual grinder would cost, it's you know i'm getting into the range where like if it's if it's 38 grand for example you know that's getting into the range where you're within <laughs> you're within you know a uh, hop skip and a jump from a an Okamoto oh yeah cnc you know like your grinder
0: that yeah mine um, just for reference mine was 55
1: yeah and so Part of me thinks it's just not worth it to spend that much money unless I'm getting the CNC capability, because, you know, it's a machine I can't walk away from. That's the, that's the problem. The Jones and Shipman, at least when I'm squaring up yeah. blocks and just grinding stuff in, I can walk away from it. The tool room grinding, obviously, you're gonna do manually anyways. But,
0: yep. Uh, Robert Isaac asks, is Brown and Sharp still domestic? So I think I answered that. That a domestic company. Which is born in Coke. Uh, they are a U.S. company, and they bought the grinder line, which is Brown and Sharp. So I don't, I don't believe there's any regular production of new machines, but it is domestic. Yes. Um. And there's some talk. Of, heard, go ahead.
1: Well, I've heard a lot of good things about those grinders, but I, I haven't run one and. You know, I'm kind of set on the mainly the two choices or three choices I presented today.
0: Yeah, uh, it makes a lot of sense. Um, Henry says I could recommend a few German or Swiss companies, but I'm not sure how the availability in the U.S. is.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I would, I would love to look at uh, German or Swiss machines. Uh, I don't. I I think getting one used would probably be impossible unless I had it shipped from Europe. But yeah, I I haven't seen a German machine that I don't don't like. They make great machine tools, Swiss too.
0: I I know if you have a very large checkbook, you can get a Renzetti. Robin Robin just rebuilt uh, a couple of machines for one of his clients. uh, Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, and he delivered. I didn't know he
1: did that because well, I was thinking about that. I was like, you know, maybe I should get a Renzetti CNC machine, but I was like, <laughs> he's not gonna, he's not gonna do that. He's got better things to do. I think uh, you should talk to him. Okay. I, I don't, I don't know what
0: the numbers look like, but uh, you know, you could be sure that it's going to be a good machine.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I think my understanding is that that there were two machines involved, and. uh I think he. I think he did uh, some work on two machines. Um, did he
1: uh, rebuild them, or did he make them like his little CNC controlled machine? I, I think he did that.
0: He did that. It was this wasn't just a simple rebuild. This was his uh, his magic. I don't want to speak for him, and and he's yeah. not he's not in chat. But I believe that was this that was the case. Maybe we'll get it cleared up from uh, okay. Rob Robin's mouth. Um. Yeah. So. Well, I I really like what what I'm hearing as far as uh, how you're doing your homework. I think you're doing a great job. Thanks. Uh, and you'll end up with. Uh, I mean, even just having two grinders there is going to be a help. I I know that that's something that uh, Adam said was even from a manual standpoint. Just being able to have one set up on one grinder while you're setting up another grinder was yep. uh, uh, was an improvement. Um,
1: For sure, and this grinder is in great shape. I mean, this, this grinder can last the rest of my life if I, if I so desired. Oh, yeah. But eventually, eventually it'll go, because I'll have whatever grinder I buy next in a CNC grinder.
0: Um, almost says, machines can be made to run really well. You can find costs to add to any used machine, but, uh, but a used one should cost on par with the cost to add options to a new one. So I'm not sure I'm following that math, but I guess what he's saying is a, a used machine can work. <laughs> which, yeah. which, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you know, one thing that I realized when I talked to the spindle guy who was uh, local to me, was that spindles you know the industry sees spindles as consumables and when it's time to you know rebuild the spindle you rebuild the spindle and and I think home shop guys uh, and I kind of put my myself in that category um, we think of it as you know the crown jewels and and not a not a roll of paper towels which is basically yeah. what it is so you know, if, if if the only thing wrong with the machine is a spindle, that's just you know you write a three thousand dollar check and it could be it could be a matter of days and you're back up and running.
1: Yeah, that's probably not going to be uh, the route I take just because I don't know. But I, it would make me nervous for like what was done to the machine unless it was just general wear. You know, that's that's something. That, uh, yep. Absolutely. Another cool thing about the Mitsui's is the way the, uh, the ways are designed. All you have to do to, 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 kind of rebuild the, the travel is replace the ball bearings. Or if you need to, there's these, these, the D two, um, bearing ways just get unbolted and bolted back in. That's pretty cool. I'm sh- I'm sure there's some fine tuning involved. I haven't done it myself, but
0: <laughs> well, it, it... We're coming close to the top of the hour. Uh, so if you guys, uh, Robert, thank you for being here. He, he said he had a run. Uh, if, if you guys have questions, let's get him in now because we're going to be wrapping it up soon. Um, I want to say an early thank you to Aaron for coming and sharing with us today. That's a pretty cool thought process. Looking forward to your final decision and action on this. Thanks. Uh, yeah. You know, new machine days coming. Yeah.
1: Yep. <laughs> so, and you know, you know what's going to dictate what machine I get? is Eventually, I'm going to find a machine that is just cherry. And I'm going to be like, that's the one. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if I'm going to decide, okay, I'm just going to get a Batsui or I'm just going to get a Parker. Yeah. I think it's just going to boil down to the machine itself. Yeah. And I know I'll find it because I'll wait for it.
0: I know you will too, man. Uh, <laughs> so uh, thank you almost. I appreciate it. Henry says, "I will. I would be more concerned by worn-out ways than a clapped-out spindle." Which I think Henry's basically agreeing with us—that you know, you can't. It's harder to swap out the ways than it is to swap out the spindle, Uh, and that's a that's a really good point. Um, And I'll I'll also point out that you know, in this day and age of CNC machines and electronics, you know, you're still looking at a manual machine and. and, and it's going to make you money. And yep. uh, I think that's the important thing, especially if you're running a business. Uh, it's not just a shiny object. It's, it's, is this tool going to make me money? Uh, and that's, uh, that's an important point. Well, I want to thank everybody for being here. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, of
1: course. I, thanks I for to, having me.
0: Yeah. I want to apologize for the technical issues today. Uh, we got the job done, though. Uh, even if it was with a hammer and a, and a, a craftsman cold chisel. We got it done. Uh, I will have this sor- this sorted out for next time, uh, and, and you guys might see a random live pop up in the not-too-distant future testing, testing some of our technical fixes. But uh, thanks, everybody, for being here. Have an awesome weekend. Uh, let's just check the calendar real fast because <clears throat> I think uh, I didn't do this before we went live and my computer is being very slow, because that's what's the whole problem. So the 23rd is, is next uh, next Sunday. So I don't see any reason why we shouldn't, we shouldn't have a live. Um, we'll keep it light, and,
1: uh, and we'll be here. A couple yeah, other... Maybe we, maybe we should see if uh, Robin wants to do uh, a series on <laughs> what he's doing to those grinders.
0: Well, uh, now that you raised the question, I think we have to get an answer. (laughs) So uh, hopefully I can get the tech uh, smoothed out here. I'll take a RASP file to the ways of this machine and (laughs) uh, see if I get this smoothed out. And if that happens, we'll have Robin back in. Of course, the ultimate goal is to be able to have a couple of guests. And if the limitation limitation is just the computer power on this side, um, we could solve that problem. We we have some uh, some good good choices. So thanks again, Aaron. <clears throat> Everybody, uh, go go have some fun today. Do something yeah, in the shop, pleasure. and we'll see you guys next weekend.